Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce. I am joined this evening by the one, the only, the goatee-less Mr. Nick Hudson. Buddy, we got a hell of a game to talk about. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing freaking amazing. How can you not be doing freaking amazing after that? I was a little nervous. I think admittedly so. Everyone was a little nervous. Um, but they pulled it out. It's going to be a fun one to talk about it. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. I am looking forward to it as well. Uh, it ends up being a good night in, in Chicago baseball. Um, didn't look like it was going to be that way for quite a while, but guess what? Uh, they ended up getting it. The comments blowing up already in front of the program and our co-host here, Mr. Juice he says, thank God you guys are on now. The socks on tap guys are insufferable tonight. I can only imagine. Uh, Jeremiah says Cubs on tap greater than socks on tap. Scott saying so much negativity on socks on tap. Uh, agreeing. Uh, Jeremiah is that he was about to say that. Uh, the Nikki two bags revenge game. Uh, Mr. Russell here saying OMG playoffs. Here we come. Uh, Juice from Steve. Uh, Steve called Wrigley a dump. Said it's a Mickey Mouse park uh, all while spitting more bullshit. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. They called Wrigley a dump. Of course they did. I, I call their stadium a dump because it is a dump. It, it's the worst ballpark that I've been to. And I haven't been. Ah, that's Milwaukee's up there. That's a garbage ass ballpark, too. But nonetheless, you know what? We're better than socks on tap. So we are not going to stoop to their piss poor levels. Mind you, people, if Steve ever, ever, you ever think is, is spitting hashtag facts only like he says he does. He thinks Matt Nagy's a good head coach and he thinks Hawk Harrelson's a good broadcaster. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. If you if you think he, he's right, he, he's not right. He's not right about anything. And that's why he's NWI Steve. He's Northwest Indiana Steve. That's his first mistake. Anyway, speaking of mistakes, Gregory Santos made one in the ninth inning. In case you live under a rock, people. In case, right, Nick? Just in case. The Chicago Cubs walk off the Chicago White Sox in epic, epic fashion. 3-0. Down 3-0 going to the bottom of the eighth. Nikki two strikes revenge game with the Homer. <laughs> Nick Madrigal <laughs> with power. Things we right. don't see a lot of. You think that one felt good for him just to take it and shove it up the White Sox ass? And then on top of it, Nick, Belly with his 20th double of the season. Swanson takes the old walk. And Christopher Morrell. Sends one in to the beautiful north side sky to end the ball game. Cubbies walk it off. Cubbies officially win the Crosstown Classic Series for the season. They take three out of four. Send that trophy back to the south side, you south side, or your north side, you south side scumbags. It's ours, and it's going to stay that way for a while until you guys can do anything to support their only good ball player in Luis Robert. God forbid, get him the fuck out of the White Sox organization. He deserves so much better. It's like Mike Trout in Anaheim. (laughs) Anyway, Nick, it's just different here. You know, that home run doesn't look as cool in in their cookie-cutter Mickey Mouse ballpark on the south side either. What a beautiful night for a Chicago Cubs win. And I can't wait to re-listen to Sox on tap tomorrow and just just wipe – 
wipe tears metaphorically away from my face as I sit there crying, laughing about how salty they are. Can't wait. Absolutely cannot wait. But, buddy, dude, holy shit. <laughs> like, what a win. Yeah. What a win. What a time for this team to come back and get something done, man. It was a it was a necessary thing because a game like yesterday could bring a team into a bad spiraling just you know out of control losses and in a time where you have such few games left and you're in such a competitive race um, this is the time the Brewers are playing the Dodgers I mean you know you hear soft schedule soft schedule you get in this part of the soft schedule and then you lose one against that team yesterday I was getting very nervous that you know, maybe this is going to be a bad momentum moving forward, but this turns it all the way around, baby. This turns it, it all the way back because Christopher Morell, he is just that guy that everyone should want on their baseball team. He is a little leaguer playing the big game. That mm-hmm. is, and he loves every moment of it. And I love that he is on my team because that is what baseball is all about. It's not about the money and all. It's about the game, and that is what he does. He he respects the game, and he's just a fun guy to watch. But it was set up by Bellinger staying great, being hitting that double, and then Dansby getting that walk, working the walk. So this Cubs team, you know, they seemed as if I was going to be on here going, where the offense could totally gone, disappeared. They're flat. Yeah. They've they've fallen off, but. No, they said we still have that dog in us, and they came out, and they they showed it. Yeah, 100%, man, and some more comments here as well. Hell yeah, fucking right. Let's go, boys. From our guy Tyler Scott saying NWI Steve makes sour juice look like a motivational speaker. Um, Apparently, Gary Indiana is also really nice this time of year, uh, according to Mr. Steve. But, Nick, I'm right there with you, man. And you know what? A big, big shout out to our buddy and, and good friend over at the Dingers podcast, Mr. Jake Budnowski, brought up a really good point after yesterday's game. I was in attendance for yesterday's game. I was very mad online. I was very pissed off. That Luis Robert home run was an absolute piss missile, though, by the way. But, and it was good to see Say I hit a home run. But that is a game yesterday that felt unacceptable. You had the off day. You're at home. And you lose to, quite frankly, a dog shit White Sox team. Let's just call it what it is. They are not good at baseball. They're not good. They shouldn't have lost yesterday. It was kind of embarrassing. And it felt kind of that way the whole night too tonight, right? Especially because of how they got the runs, right? Just stupid plays. Hap kicking a ball around out in left field. You know, Barnhart not being able to handle a pitch. And that's what led to the early lead for the Sox in this one. And, yep. I, you know, I, I was listening to, to Pat and Ron on the radio, and I, I heard that that Barnhart play, and I just rolled my eyes and went, you got to be absolutely shitting me right now. That this is how it's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. And instead, this is why this team feels so magical this year, Nick, is because they actually have a chance. Because all it takes – is anybody in really in one through nine really in this lineup? We've seen guys up and down the lineup do it all year long. Nick Madrigal gets the job done tonight. He's he comes in in a pinch hit situation for Barnhart and then ends up playing third in the nine hole with the home run. And then you got Belly, 
with a double. You got Swanson with the big walk. And then again, this team, this Christopher Morell, like you said, not only is he a fun player, Nick, but he's also the type of player that you want on your roster in the playoffs because he showed it tonight. It takes one swing of the bat and it's a completely different ball game. And we see it year in and year out. That's how playoff baseball is played. This team feels different. Even when they're down and they're, they're struggling, they find ways to, to win. I talked to Mike Bowling last week. Big shout out to him. Resiliency was the word he used for this team. And it's such a good way to put it. And tonight they they did it. They epitomized it. They, they, they personified it. They were resilient. They said, hell with this terrible White Sox team. They put together an incredible eighth and ninth inning offensively and from a pitching standpoint. We'll touch on that here in a moment too. Man, they they needed this win, especially rolling into an off day. They really did. And and to touch on a little bit what you were saying, they had a bunch of missed opportunities too. I was just pulling my hair out, a couple double play, you know, killers. And, you know, this Cubs team can't play like that moving forward, even against bad teams, because this is still Major League Baseball. You know, teams are going to take advantage of mistakes and kicking the ball around and all that's Totally unacceptable, especially from the Cubs. We've touched on it all year long. The type of the brand of baseball they have to play is a very clean type of baseball. And when they stray from that, you can tell that they have a hard time winning games. Um, so this is something that was kind of a savior tonight, really. Um, but you can't make a habit out of this for sure. They got to kind of move forward, take this momentum, and build on what they were doing before because. They uh they gotta continue to have that consistent offensive approach at the plate. Yeah, they absolutely do. And, and I think that's a great way to put it because Juice says it here in the comments on the reel, though, they need to play better. And it's true. They they do need to play better. They they need to continue to put together better games. But what at least this tonight shows is okay, it's time to reset, right? Put the put the bad loss behind you, put just what do whatever this team needs to do now to get right. You have an off day tomorrow. You don't leave town. And all the traveling they do do, do do, do do, between now and like the first week of September is all in the Midwest. They go to Cincinnati. They go to Pittsburgh. They go to Detroit. So travel is at a minimum until you go out and play the Dodgers and the Rockies. Or pardon me, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Like, this is the time. This is the time this team needs to get it right. And tonight, at minimum, Nick, they took care of business. They come away with a huge walk-off victory. And what I would do to be in the bleachers tonight instead of last night, Nick. <laughs> I I, I wouldn't sure. be on this show for a week because I'd be on the IL with a, with a strained voice. Yeah, because I would be screaming bloody murder and the adrenaline would be pumping through my veins, you know, faster than that 99 mile per hour fastball Santos through to Morel just gets turned around on the dot. It'd be absolutely nuts. But Nick, let, let, let's talk about a couple of the, the guys that when you think about this game at the end of the season and you start to forget some pieces of games are naturally maybe going to fly under the radar. Uh, and that is, first off, Nick Magical. Like we said, it is the Nicky 
two bags, well, two strikes in this case, revenge game. Big home run by him and a hell of a spot to come in like that and pinch hit and get the job done in place of, again, just we're calling facts facts here, Tucker Barnhart, an anemic offensive player for this Cubs team right now. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Nick got a little help from the win, but still he put it up there and let the wind do its thing, let the basket do its thing. And they don't ask how, they just ask how many, you know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So that, that set it all up. But uh, what we're going to touch on probably right now is really what set the whole thing up. A hundred percent. And again, a big shout out to Nick Madrigal, a a guy truly that this season has, I think silenced. I will put my hand up and be one of those people that were silenced by him. I think people were mocking him playing third base. I know a lot of Southsiders were mocking him playing third base in spring training. Um, another little notch we can take at the Sox on tap guys here. You know, I, I think Cubs fans felt the same way. And they said, this guy can't hit and this guy can't do this and he can't do that. And he's metaphorically t- told everybody to go stick it up their ass and proved everybody wrong. And I'll tell you what, Nick, when it comes to, to sports, especially when I have a negative take, I love being wrong. It's the only time I'm okay with being wrong. Like, I want these players to metaphorically spit in my face and tell me that I was an idiot for saying what I said. Madrigal's done that. He's hit. He's he's starting to hit for a little bit of power, something we haven't seen in his tenure here on the north side. And again, just I, I think the importance of that at bat, because it's a pinch hit situation where you're down three runs, and just to give your team a chance. Yeah. That's huge. Because don't get me wrong, the Christopher Morrell home run would have been awesome in the ninth inning. But imagine the lackluster feel it would have been to just send it to 10th and potentially lose, right? Oh, you did all that work to come back. That magical run comes in and it effectively is the difference and allows that Christopher Morrell home run to be a walk-off rather than just a game-tying home run. So uh, a big, big shout-out there. And then, yes, just as you said, Nick, it's time to address it. Fulmer did awesome as well. Michael Fulmer, I love you, according to Jeremiah. (laughs) Michael, I used to be a closer. Now I'm just the biggest set of balls in the bullpen, Fulmer. He's done this multiple times this year. (laughs) He really has found his niche in this Cubs bullpen. He, He did this in the Braves series. He comes in in these dirty situations and just... He he looks Shuts at David Ross and says, hey, buddy, I got you. Don't you worry about it, homeboy. <laughs> and he takes care of business. The White Sox have bases loaded. Could have blown this game open in the top of the eighth inning. Put the nail in the coffin, per se, to this, this two-game set. And walked out with a sweep at Wrigley. The one thing that is the the equivalent of winning the World Series for the White Sox. And Michael Fulmer said, <laughs> you can take that thought and stick it up your ass, and I don't care that it's the heart of your lineup that's up with the bases juiced and no outs. <laughs> Strikes out Luis Robert Jr. Strikes out a Yohan Moncada. And then strikes out Andrew Vaughn to end the threat. Wow. Michael Fulmer. Again, another guy I'm super fucking happy that we are wrong about. Quite Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Michael Fulmer has literally turned into 
the, hey, we're in a nasty situation. Can you get us out of it, guy? And you know what? Guess where that comes in real good handy, Nick? The playoffs. Playoffs. You need that guy that can come in and just have the Michael Big Sack Fulmer moment, as Tyler says here. I love that. Print the shirts now. Michael, my balls are so big, I need a wheelbarrow to carry him out to the mound with me, Fulmer. (laughs) Got the job done, Nick. And I'll tell you what, the home runs are cool. The walk-off's cool. That is the most impressive segment of the entire game, is Michael Fulmer coming in with bases juiced and no outs and just taking care of business. Heck yeah, man. You couldn't I couldn't have said it better. I'm thinking about Randy from South Park with the wheelbarrow <laughs> with the big balls. That's exactly what I thought about yeah, when he came in there. Because exactly I was like, too. this man to just go up there and do what he did. But as soon as he struck out uh Luis Robert, I was like, Holy shit, I think he has he could get out of this. And he has been that guy. And it's funny you said, um, being happy that your takes come back and bite you in the ass. That's me with Michael Fulmer because I was ready to just be done. Ship him off, be done with him. Now I'm the idiot. I'm the clown because he is big balls, Michael Fulmer. I mean, he just went out there. And like you said, he's the, the fire putter outer guy. <laughs> that's what you call him. He, he goes out there and he puts out fires. And that's very hard to find in a, a bullpen guy, just someone that can go out in a dirty inning and not let anything get in his head. So, you know, it's great to see that he's found his niche in that bullpen. Yeah, and it, I, you know what I think has made him so successful in that role, Nick, is his time as a closer. Because, you know, there are a lot of times where a closer comes in you know, from the bullpen and you maybe had somebody else in the game and it gets a little, a little murky and it's like, all right, you need to come in. You need to shut this thing down. And I tell you what, man, I really think like that is what's helping him right now in this role be that I want the ball when shit can hit the fan and go really, really wrong. Cause again, I was at the Braves game that Sunday Braves game. He came in and did the exact same thing. He got the Cubs out of an ugly ass jam with the bases juiced. This is not the first time he's done it. And I guarantee you, it probably will not be the last time he does it this season. And that, that can include any kind of postseason baseball as well. Michael Fulmer is absolutely getting the job done. Like Jeremiah says here, he doesn't throw a baseball. He throws a Frisbee. That slider's nasty. It, yeah. it, you know what? I think that's something else too, Nick, that, I think kind of flies a little bit under the radar with this Cubs bullpen. And I would love to know your thoughts on this. It feels like going into the season, all these guys had their roles that the Cubs had kind of defined for them entering the year. And then shit went awry. Just I'm going to, I'm going to say it in the most layman's terms possible. And then now all the guys have kind of figured their shit out. And on top of it, it feels like guys that were struggling have gotten right again. Like the Cubs pitch lab, they worked them through it. Cause that's how I feel about Jameson Tyone even, right? Like if we're looking outside the bullpen, but you look at the bullpen, right? Mark Leiter Jr. Has been that guy. Granted, he's been more over the course of the year, just like Adbert has, but like Fulmer Merriweather got right. And has looked really good. That Luis Robert home run last night was the first run. I, I can remember in recent memory that Merriweather's given up. Yeah. Like he has not gotten hit hard at all for this Cubs team. Like they really have 
all these bullpen arms are, are finally figuring it out. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's immaculate to see just how far they've come from the start of April. Yeah, exactly. And I think you said it, that that lab that the Cubs have is really starting to look special. It's starting to look like they can take guys that were struggling on other teams and find what they were doing wrong and change it. And that mm. to get all of those points down, it's hard for teams. And, you know, it takes a lot of time to, you know, get develop that coaching, develop those labs get yeah. those the knowledge and all that. So yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. These guys coming out of the bullpen, they they look great. They really do, man. And uh, you know, there there's a lot of people the greaming Brett Montag here in the comments. Fulmer oh, absolutely yeah. dominated tonight. Fuck um yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. He's he said it, man. He and he completely agree with our points saying it's a beautiful thing. Completely agree. Um a big old go Cubs from our boy Omar here. Uh, uh, Steven coming through with the, uh, the important information, six, one, Dodgers. Yeah. let's go. Fuck let's the go. Brewers, FTB Fuck and FTC, baby. Um, yep. hopefully they continue that up as you says, Viva Los Doyers. Um, and, uh, a couple of, uh, a great comment here from Joey that we must read. We <laughs> sent him to the sun, him being Michael Fulmer folks. <laughs> we sent him to the sun in Maine. He came back with a tan and two planet sized nuts. <laughs> That's beautiful. That that's getting favorited. That just got started. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's a that's a started comment for this one because that's absolutely hysterical. But this is a very intriguing point that I didn't even realize until it was brought up. Tyler says here we might have said it. Oh, we didn't say it, buddy. Thank you for bringing it up. He was one pitch away from being immaculate. <laughs> that's even more impressive. Holy shit! Because again, it's not like he comes into the top of an inning against the seven, eight, nine hitters. And just cruises for nine pitches and gets out of it. He comes in in a bases loaded jam and he's one pitch away from being immaculate. It doesn't make sense. It's amazing. Michael Fulmer is an absolute fucking monster. He gets the, 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 the gold sticky star, the unicorn horn, the, um, the, you know, the, the, the plank, uh, whatever weird cartoon just prop that you can think of <laughs> that they could give away as to the player of the game, Michael Fulmer gets it tonight, man. Again, I, I love what Nick Madrigal did. I love what Christopher Morell obviously did. As Darren says here, Morell turned a night of depression into a fiesta. Uh, you know, and even Tyler saying another beautiful thing is about the Cubs Cardinals also lost eight. Oh, there's nothing to do with the game, but facts are facts. Indeed. They are Love facts. Them. Balls of titanium. Michael Fulmer's yeah. anime character arc yeah. is insane. Michael Fulmer took care of business, man. The Cubs took care of business. They got a big win, but let's, let's, let's just talk a, a wee bit going back to juice's point a little bit earlier. This Cubs team needs to play better. This was a very disappointing two-game set. I don't know if it's because they got cozy with the days off or what have you. They obviously have another one on Thursday, Nick. But again, this schedule right now coming up, especially before that Brewers series at the end of the month, four with the Pirates, three with the Tigers, three with the Royals. All really shitty ball clubs that this Cubs team needs to beat up on. I am completely, completely there that they need to play better. They need to get things done. Juice with an interesting comment here. And this is what I would love to know your thoughts on, Nick. 
Ian Happ out of the three hole needs to happen. He says this can't continue. Uh, and for reference, Ian Happ tonight, oh, or pardon me, one for four in uh, the three hole. He's only batting 240. Again, it's weird because you look at his numbers and a lot of his underlying stats, and they're the exact same from last year. It's just the average is lower, but the on base is higher. Um, but still, a, a 766 player hitting in your three hole does feel kind of weird at times, uh, to say the least. Nick, what uh, what would you do with the three hole right now? And, and where would you put Ian Happ in this lineup in order to maximize the offensive output? Yeah, I, I always thought that him in the three hole is definitely a, a killer. Um, I, I didn't like that. I think, honestly, I would love to see an at bat in the first inning from Bellinger. And you want to get your best hitter as many at bats as possible. So you can slide Bellinger into that three hole. Um, but I think Hap's got to go down a little bit. He is walking a lot, which you have to take that in consideration. He's on base for the big guys to you know, blast him in. Uh, but it's just, he's a, he hits too much on the ground. He just kills rallies. Yeah. And, uh, plenty of Holy shit. Lots of things coming in here. And Joey, you, you and I are on the same page and my guy will get to it again. Jack also humongous yeah. shout out to everybody watching along with us live. Huge shout out to everybody participating in the comment section. Again, this is why yeah. you need to go to the on Sportsnet YouTube channel, hit subscribe, hit the little bell ringer button. You'll always know when we go live and all other great shows here at on tap sports that go live. And this is why we like when you guys are on live with us, because it just keeps the conversation going and seeing your guys' thoughts is just as fun as us spewing out our thoughts as well. So again, big shout out to everybody in the comment section and watching along with us live. Um, but as Brent Brent said here early, just a little bit earlier, talking about uh, Mr. Hap uh, killing rallies in the three-hole, just kind of like what you said. Darren said, who puts a 240 hitter in the three-hole? I'd put a 240 into the three-hole if he hits 35 bombs a year. But unfortunately, that's not what, what Ian Hap is, is doing by any stretch of imagination. Juice says not having belly getting at bat in the first is a crime. Um yep. And uh, there's there's some other suggestions then that I will bring up here in a second. This was going to be my suggestion. And actually, I was going to say put Hap in the seven hole, bump Morell up to the six hole, and move Candelario into the three hole. Joey and I are on the same same page here. Oh, I think Heimer yeah. could look really good there. I wouldn't mind Candelario in the four hole either and let your three, four, five be a combination of Bellinger, Candelario, Swanson. And then that allows Hap to have a little less pressure in maybe the six or seven hole. Morell being the other guy kind of in that area of the lineup. And then on most nights, your eight and nine are probably Madrigal and probably Gomes, right? Or even Amaya, if, if he's getting in there and, and getting some work. Obviously, they're going to keep giving Barnhart a little bit of work here and there just to keep the catchers fresh, which I respect. I totally get it. Um, but again, it, it makes for some interesting things. Brent says just swap Hap and Nico. Uh, Scott's got his first four. He says talk Nico Dansby belly first four every game is what it should be. Um, he says uh, Brent Montag, I'm new and I'm down hitting the bell now. Hey, big shout out. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank Scott you. tells him to enjoy the ride. Oh, it's a ride here. Uh, Brent, if you're <laughs> bored and you need things to look through and really for anybody, um, we've got a, we've had a lot of weird shit happen at Cubs on tap. Uh, we obviously, absolutely tore down uh, Cubs convention. Um, we all may or may not have gotten into the hashtag crack them on Saturday night. Um, I may or may not have worn a mankini earlier this season. It's 
been a it's been a hell of a ride and it's only going to continue to get better 100% agreed Darren here Swanson has an unreal stat for hitting hard throwing pitchers like you specifically see in the seventh through ninth that's why he needs to stay in the middle of the order like it's his chance to see them late I completely agree I think I love Dansby in that five hole I think he's perfect for it um I I really do think a guy like Candelario would be a perfect name to put in the three hole personally um but like you said Nick you know it's really hard when your three hitter is a guy that's that's killing rallies um and that's that's something they're gonna have to figure out and mike talkman needs to continue to lead off because this team does really well when mike talkman leads off it stats are stats and facts are facts baby um but yeah man they, they've got options and you know what I, I think the one thing nick and this is kind of going to be my final thought for this game this series um and then i want to hear from you as well but i would also love to know your thoughts here I think now that the trade deadline has come and gone and we know this team is not going to sell, Ross has full control of the decision-making of this roster. There is no more we need to give Trey Mancini some type of trade value to send him away at the deadline. That is not happening anymore. I think there is a world where you could possibly see now a guy like Hap get shifted around. They did it with Seiya, right? Remember the, the the stubbornness of keeping Seiya Suzuki at the top of the lineup? And then they finally said, ah, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to drop him down to seven when he's in the lineup. And look, it's helped him. Yep. Maybe that's that's what's going to help get Hap going again. Sometimes just seeing a different look and the pairings of how teams are going to approach your lineup because who's hitting where can really give a guy like Ian Hap maybe better looks in, let's say, a six or a seven hole where he can get on base just as much as he is now. But maybe that 240 becomes 255 by the end of the season and maybe he's hitting for a little more power deeper in your lineup. And then again, when you got balance and you got Zen, baby, the Cubs start winning a lot of baseball games. So would love your thoughts on what, you know, moving half around could do, what your thoughts on Ross's control, the lineup are. Um, and then we'll, we'll regroup, we'll re-rally and we'll talk some final thoughts before we sign this thing off. But uh, Nick, take it away. Yeah, man. I, I think that's a great point there. Um, I think that he has full control now with the trade deadline being gone. You know, obviously, like you said, there's not, going to be those situations where you're looking to get value in one spot you're looking to just win at this point um and i think that moving him down is a step in the right direction to consistently winning because he is a guy that i think would benefit from being moved down a little bit and like you said with Seiya, they kind of picked up matchups for him and they kind of like made it in which he had a soft landing per se and mm-hmm. where he's back and starting to look really good again um, I think they could do that with Ian Happ as well. But to move him down, I, I think it's something that definitely, if not necessary, it, it needs to be done for sure because it's it's getting to be a problem. Uh, I've noticed when pitchers are aggressive with him, he really struggles. Uh, he hits a lot on the ground. If anything's in on his hand, it's going on the ground um, for weak contact. So I think this will definitely change things around, hopefully, and that was a great point with David Ross. I think now he kind of can breathe a little bit more because it, mm-hmm. it is him in the driver's seat. Um, and for some Cubs fans, it might be scary. Not for me. But, I'm, you know, I think that he definitely has the control and hopefully things stay consistent because that's what you need from this Cubs team is consistency. Yeah, 100%. And speaking of the, uh, the Ross comment there, Nick, I <laughs> – you know the comment section's bumping tonight when I'm having trouble finding comments. Here it is. Scott said earlier the, the hashtag Fire Ross crowd is sure quiet on Twitter after this game. Hey, yep. It felt like he, again, the guy, he's starting to pull the right 
the right strings. And I, I saw another thing mentioned. I think it might have been Boosh. Boosh has great for also, folks, uh, for those that are new here uh, on tonight's episode. If you're not following our friends over the Dingers podcast at Dinger Cubs on social media, they're also live here on our on tap sports and accounts. Uh, they have incredible thoughts. They're live every Monday night. Be sure to tune in with them as well. Um, but Boosh, again, great thoughts on this. He said that. You know, comparing a guy like David Ross to Joe Madden, where Joe Madden managed at every level of baseball humanly possible before becoming an MLB manager, let alone the Cubs manager. Ross never had that. Ross is kind of learning how to do this shit on the fly. And for a guy who has only been managing this ball club for, I'm going to call it really just three and a half seasons because 2020 was 60 games. He's he's. Doing okay for a guy that's never had the experience. Again, catchers make great managers because of how they analyze the game and how they have to know the game. That is just it. it, it I don't want to call it its facts, but it, the track record speaks. You know what I mean? Joe Girardi, Mike uh, Matheny, I think was a catcher, right? Like so many MOB managers that were players were catchers because you just have to think the game like a manager in a lot of ways, right? As a catcher, like I think a, a guy like Jan Gomes could be an incredible manager someday. I really do. Um, and you know, people said it about Ross when he was a player that he was like a player coach in a lot of ways. And now you're just starting to see it where he is just that coach on the uh, flip side. Quick comments here. Steven said uh, a couple of costly errors from half earlier tonight as well. Yeah. Uh, lots of agreements yeah. about okay. dropping him down in the lineup as well. Brent saying also, this is boss's first real chance to manage a good team. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Taylor went yard. Mm. Dodgers are up seven to one. Uh, and Scott Crawford last year, the Cubs were 39 and 30 yes. or 39 and 31 post all-star game. Uh, they are currently 20 and 11 team is so much better when Ross is given full control. Agree completely. I, I think that solidifies our points. Nick, any final thoughts about this game uh, or about this series uh, as we eventually uh, look forward uh, and talk a little news before we do look forward? Yeah, man, I, I'm really excited. You can look at the glass half empty and say, oh, this is a Sox team that we shouldn't have even gotten to this point. Um, or you can look at it half full and say, we did it. We picked ourselves up and we won. Um, I'm more on that side. I'm very happy. I think Christopher Morrell brought us all the joy that we needed, and I'll be celebrating all night long. Absolutely, baby. I'll be there as well. I pray to God I can sleep because uh, – in case you guys didn't know, no for those way. that are new to the Ontab Sports Dead here, um, we've got press coverage from the BMW Championship this week at Olympia Fields. Be sure to be tuning into that at Ontap Golf as well as at Ontap Sportsnet on the social feeds. Um, I will be there with Mr. Tony Marchese tomorrow with El Prez. Uh, we are going to be doing a lot of content. Uh, there may or may not be Ron Lou's food reviews. There's going to be a lot of shit happening tomorrow. So be sure to tune in for all that. But it's going to be a bender of a day. We're going to have a good time indeed doing that. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'll tell you what. I, I'm right there with you. It's it's a fun night. It's a fun night to be a Cubs fan. It's a fun night to just stick it to the fucking White Sox. It really is. It, it just it feels really oh, good. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, man, I, I'm going to enjoy this one at least for the next 48 hours, and then we'll we'll rebound. Before we go ahead and look forward, Nick, to the weekend, just a couple of points of news. Uh, in case people didn't see it, unfortunately, it's negative news. Uh, Marcus Stroman has cartilage tear in his ribs, um, so no fucking clue when he's going to be back. 
that's not great, Bob. Um, Tyler Smith, who is a newer contributor for us here on the Cubs side of the house at ONTAP Sportsnet, wrote an incredible piece. Uh, if you haven't read it, go check it out, ONTAPSportsnet.com, about Marcus Stroman being kind of the key to this, you know, this 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 Cubs playoff chances, really, um, because he needs to come back and be healthy. And uh, hearing that with the rib in the cartilage is not great. Hopefully he heals quickly, but. You know, it. Uh, there's lots of questions about, you know, maybe the, should the team have gotten a, another starter at the deadline? Should they have, you know, just tried to do that? Are they going to be willing to maybe try and give some guys like a maybe a Ben Brown or something like that a chance, right? Do we just get to see more of Javier Assad, which truthfully I'm not fucking mad about because Javier Assad's kind of become an OG. Yeah. Um, but lots and lots of things there. Supposedly Drew Smiley also being considered potentially again to be a starter. Obviously the health of Marcus Stroman probably relating to that. Although again, he's looked pretty good at the, out of, of the bullpen too. Um, so we shall see what is happening there. Nick, let's go ahead and look ahead to this next series. The Cubs are off on Thursday, as we already noted, and they have a three-game set with the Kansas City Royals starting this weekend at beautiful Wrigley Field. Uh, Friday's game is a beautiful 120 Friday first pitch. Uh, it is a TBD on the mound for Kansas City, as always. Um, MLB.com just hasn't released it yet. I'm sure you can find it on wherever you play fantasy baseball and the predicted pitching guys. Um, they will for sure be able to tell you who's going um but it will be jameson tyone pitching uh that was announced today for the cubs uh tyone seven and seven on the season 571 era obviously a lot of that was from the earlier part of the year uh and then going into saturday and sunday it's steel on the bump on saturday kyle hendricks back on the bump on sunday to round out that series and that'll be the next time you hear from us we'll be live with you again after the Sunday game, uh, probably right after the Sunday game, actually. So a little earlier than our normal showtime. Keep that in mind. Um, Nick, what do the Cubs need to do this weekend to uh, take care of business against the Royals? Yeah, I mean, they got to take care of business, like you said, because the Royals are a terrible team as well. Um, Hot so, like I said, you're hitting a yeah, you're hitting a soft spot in the schedule. Is the dangerous phrase that the national media likes to use. Um, so you can't let that be a trap. You got to go in there with the same, you know, energy you had before the deadline when you thought your team was being torn apart. You got to go in there and you got to blow them out of the water. You got to score mm -hmm. 40 runs against the Royals. You just got to do it. Um, but Tyone's got to bounce back. He's got to bounce back from that Blue Jays start and get back to what he was doing, which he was trending upward. So I'd like to see him return back to that state. A hundred percent. You said 40 runs. Jeremiah says 50. Um, let's make it 60. Let's make it 70. Motherfuckers. Why not? Um, <laughs> also a couple more comments here. Omar said the Cubs <laughs> will sweep against the Kansas city Royals. I, I appreciate the bold statements, man. I, I am all about bold statements here at Cubs on tap. Jeremiah also saying we got to hit do. bombs. Um, in addition to trouble is even penciling Assad as a starter. We still need another one too. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, there's a lot to be said. Only if we see a, to say uh, to say uh, Otani will. That sounds like a tongue twister. Um, old school rivalry Royals Cubs. It's gonna be fun. The real question. The real question. Does Nelly V get a thank you montage? for returning with the Royals this weekend. 
I mean, it could just be the Grand Slam on loop. I was just going to say, it's going to be the Grand Slam. (laughs) That you show it from 19 different angles and then just a quick little thing. Play it over and over and over. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I think there's a world where he does get some type of recognition. It might not be the same level of of a Bryant. Ironically, we have yet to see Javi and Rizzo return to Wrigley since they were, were traded. So, um, we haven't seen those montages yet, but uh, we we have a hundred percent seen uh, the the montage for KB. It's not going to be that level, but I, I think there is going to be some type of like mention or at least kind of call out for saying, "Hey, you know, thanks, Nelly V. He was a homegrown prospect for the Cubs. It just didn't work out. Really felt like a numbers game. Uh, dare I say the Nelson Velasquez situation almost feels a little bit like the Jorge Soler situation, where he had the potential. The big power was there. He wasn't a bad fielder by any means, but just the numbers game wasn't working out because there's guys getting paid a lot more money than him at the big league level. And he was just out of an opportunity. And I, I really hope that he he takes advantage of what's to be said here at the rest of the season here in Kansas city. Hopefully he gets a, an extended look with Kansas city. Um, albeit them being a terrible, terrible team, you know, if he hit, if he hits well and balls out, maybe it's back in Kansas City next year. Maybe it's somewhere else, but maybe it's Nelly V getting a chance. Uh, and as Joey always says, let Nelly V swim and would certainly love to see that. Nick, do you have a fly the W player for this weekend against the Royals? Yeah, I'm going to say a Suzuki. Um, I want him Ooh. to continue trending upward. I think he will. Uh, I want to see another say a bomb. I, I just want to see him be that guy at the end of the season here. Um, be the guy we thought he'd be all year. He struggled a little bit. You know, he's hit some very rough waters. But I think that by me choosing him as my fly of the W player, he's going to do very well. I like I like the confidence there, Nick. I, I'm a big fan of that. Truthfully, I, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with the Candyman. Uh, I'm going to go with the Candyman. Darren says best thought of the night. Your idea to bat Candyman third. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the Candyman. The Candyman can. I would love to see him absolutely bang up the Royals. He used, I'm sure he's banged up the Royals quite a few times in his time with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, why not do it now? I really hope he just fucking rakes against the Tigers next week too. Absolutely yes. rakes. And, and we're maybe going to see Javi Baez swinging at everything too, just like we've seen this year. I don't know. Um, but I just hope, I hope, I hope in that Detroit series, Heimer goes like nine for 11 with three homers and like 12 runs driven in, in three games. That's what I want to happen. Um, but I hope he starts doing that today. I think that we or uh, on Friday, pardon me. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, I would be such a big fan. Brent also saying candy was, would be his pick as well. Um, Steven saying here before the night ends, Cubs will officially be back, uh, two and a half back after today with the day off tomorrow. Um, Yes, and the Brewers can lose tomorrow because they still have their third game with the Dodgers. Um, Brewers will have the same schedule that the Cubs do this week, for those that are curious. They have a Monday off day and a Thursday off day with two games set against the Minnesota Twins baked in there. Um, But after the game uh, tomorrow against the L.A. Dodgers, they're also in L.A., mind you. They have to go to Texas to go play the uh, MLB's best offense or one of the best offenses in the Texas Rangers. So... Let's keep the runs coming from the guys out West. I hope Corey Seager just owns the Brewers for three games because it would look really good for the Cubs to sweep the Royals and the Brewers to get swept in 
the Cubs to move in the first place. I would be all about that. So let's see what happens. But Nick, before we get out of here, as you already know, and for those that are new, you get to hear me do the, uh, as Juice calls it, my Pat Sajak for the first time. I want to remind everybody, Cubs on Tap, one of two official Cubs podcasts here at the On Tap Sports Network covering your Chicago Cubs. Follow our friends, as we mentioned over earlier, at Dinger Cubs, at Dinger, the Dingers podcast, at Dinger Cubs on social media. You can find them right here on the YouTube channel. You know the drill. Subscribe, hit the little bell button. You'll know when all of our great shows go live. Be sure to follow us as well at Cubbies on Tap, C-U-B-B-I-E-S. Uh, that's on all the socials as well. I am at Loose on Tap. Nick is at Nick underscore on tap at juice on tap at Joe knows nothing at Teddy Freddy 270 at bulls guy, Rob, you know, the drill, follow the gang. They do great work here at Cubs on tap bulls, bears, Blackhawks. We've got it all folks. Bears on tap guys will be live. Were they live today? I think they were, no, they're going to be live tomorrow. The the bears on tap guys will be live tomorrow. I will unfortunately not be able to be on the show, uh, but our boy Q will be handling it with a guest. So be sure to tune into that one. They'll talk about the first preseason game. Look ahead to Saturday, second preseason game coming up against the Indianapolis Colts. And then you'll hear Juice and I's uh, crazy voices over on Bears on Tap the following week. And uh, Scott says, let Tony on tap know how good the Cubs are. Oh, don't worry, Scott. I'm with him for 12 hours tomorrow. He's going to get a very heavy dose of that from me. Don't you worry, my friend, uh, but you guys know the drill. Unfortunately, Cubs fans, we all have friends that like the South Siders. Send your friends to our friends. They can all be friends and be absolutely fucking miserable together in their Mickey Mouse Stadium, um, since apparently ours is such a Mickey Mouse Stadium. Because it's old and it's green, and it doesn't make sense. And I think Matt Nagy's a good coach, and I think Hawk Harrelson's a good broadcaster. That's for you, NWI Steve. Come at me! Come at me! Anyway getting back on track here, but send your miserable Sox friends to our miserable Sox friends over at Sox on tap. You know, the drill boys on tap sports.com at on tap sports on social media on tap sports. go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Omar says, let's go Cubs. Joey says this was fun flight. No coffee tomorrow. Just more of those highlight on replay. Have a good night, boys. Have a good night to all of you. Thank you to everybody again that joined us live here. Thank you for everybody participating in the comments. Thank you for everybody that has subscribed and followed us as a result of tonight's game. What a win, Nick. Big walk-off win. Morell playing hero. Madrigal getting some work in. Fulmer doing it as well. Um, thank you to you, my friend, as always. It's a pleasure jumping on these shows with you, Mr. Hudson, just like the good old days. And uh, what do you say, buddy? We get out of here the only way we know how? At Cubs on tap? Heck yeah. Fuck the Cardinals. Fuck the White Sox, too. And let's go Cubs, baby. <laughs>